This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 2078, Eight Tools to Get Control of Your Anxiety by Rachel Shankin of mindbodywise.com. And I'm Justin Mollick. This is the podcast where I act as a personal narrator for you for free, usually from blogs, sometimes from books, in either case, always with permission from the authors. We have a bunch of shows covering different categories or topics. Just search for Optimal Living Daily wherever you're hearing this and you can find all of them. Now let's get right to it as we optimize your life. Eight Tools to Get Control of Your Anxiety by Rachel Shankin of mindbodywise.com. It's time to learn tangible tools to control your anxiety so that it stops controlling you. Feeling anxious is uncomfortable, painful, and difficult to manage in every which way. Your body is on overdrive. You can't think straight. Everything feels like it's crashing down at any moment and you just can't stop the chaos. The truth is that anxiety is a symptom of some deeper stuff within you, stuff that you may or may not be aware of when the anxiety sneaks up and grabs you. Yet while you're feeling these obsessive worries of the unknown and the inability to breathe, all you want is for the uncomfortable feelings to go away. You don't need to know how to control your anxiety naturally while you're in the height of it, you just need relief. In fact, Trying to figure it out is working against you by increasing your anxiety. So instead of trying to think your way through it, use a tool or two that decreases your anxiety symptoms first. You can explore the root causes later if needed. The following tools are designed for just that, to alleviate some of the pain of your anxiety. You can try one or more and record what helps you most so you know what remedy you need in future moments of high stress, feeling anxious, or having a panic attack. Number one, Look down. Neuroscience has proven that looking up activates your nervous system more than looking down. So if you have anxiety, aim to keep your gaze at or below eye level, still keeping your chin parallel to the floor. Additionally, for most people, looking up or looking down with a tucked chin results in compression of the cervical spine and constricts the breath, which increases activation of your central nervous system. Number two, get embodied. This means not just generally moving, but rather getting connected to your body in conscious and mindful ways. One simple way to do this is to stand up without shoes on, feet about hips width distance apart, and a slight bend in your knees. First, feel the floor beneath your feet. Then, as you ground through your feet, consciously lift your toes up, keeping all three corners of your feet pressing evenly into the floor, big toe mound, little toe mound, and heel, and ankles staying aligned with the shins. Notice the sensation in each part of your foot, sole and top of foot, then each toe, then move up to your ankles, lower legs, and upper legs. Feel your body from the inside out. That's all it takes. Number three, one-two breathing with visualization. Many of us are mouth breathers. Breathing in and out through your mouth increases the activation of your central nervous system. Try this breathing technique that's proven to calm your system way down. Close your eyes and sit or stand tall in your spine with your chin parallel to the floor. Seal your lips gently and soften your tongue, separating your top teeth from your bottom teeth. Now, simply breathe in for a count of three, and on your exhale, let it take six counts to fully release your breath. Keep breathing like this, counting your inhale at three and your exhale at six, all through your mouth. Feel the breath moving through you and visualize it ballooning your lungs and expanding your ribcage and feeling your belly. Do at least one minute or maybe more like this. 
If this three to six ratio feels like too much, then cut it to two counts on your inhale and four counts on your exhale. The most important things are that the breath is going in and out through your nose, that your exhale is double the amount of your inhale, and that you are visualizing the breath moving in your body. Number four, look at fractals. Science has proven that looking at repeating patterns, also called fractals, in nature, art, or architecture, can create a calming effect on your brain, thereby calming your body. Try taking 20 minutes in an environment with visuals. Snowflakes, repeating swirls in a painting, or ocean waves all help to take you away from stress. There are tons of these online, and you can just flip through them, noticing how your body shifts as you focus your attention on the movement of the photos. Number five, ground your body. Laying on the floor and feeling the firmness of the floor supporting your body can help to reduce anxiety. Stay present to your body, noticing which parts of it touch the floor and which parts don't. Consider doing a brief mental body scan to notice what sensations are in each part of your body or try the breathing technique listed earlier. Even better, put some weight on top of you while you lay down, a weighted blanket, a sandbag, or a yoga bolster to increase the calming effect. Number six, take a forest bath. As strange as it may seem, being near trees and plant life has been shown to enhance your mental health and reduce anxious feelings. People who walked for approximately 20 minutes in woodsy areas were shown to have lowered stress hormones. While you're at it, you may want to try a walking meditation. Number seven, do something creative. Refocusing your attention on creative activities that use your hands helps to reduce the obsessing that anxiety can often induce. The activity you choose might be something traditionally creative like drawing, painting, or writing. Or you may choose something less traditional like cooking, craft making, molding things out of clay, or coloring in an adult coloring book. All of these creative activities help to reduce your responses to anxiety. And number eight, get present to right now. Notice if you're playing what I like to call the if-then game. You're 10 steps ahead of the present moment and spinning about things that may or may not happen. If this, then that, and if that, then this, and so on. These are made-up scenarios that aren't grounded in any reality. They're grounded in your fear. However, your brain doesn't know this and it sends signals to your body to go into high danger alert mode. When you catch yourself doing this, pause and take a big breath. Then ask yourself, what's true for me right now in this very moment? Next, answer your question. First checking in with breath and body, then moving to environment around you using as many senses as you can. For example, what's true for me right now is that I'm sitting on a chair in my office with two feet on the ground. I'm breathing a little more constricted than normal and it feels heavy in my chest. My heartbeat seems a little fast right now. I feel the smooth keys below my fingertips on my keyboard as I type and I can hear the keys clicking. I see the sun outside and some clouds. I smell my tea next to me. There are the faint sounds of horns honking. I'm safe. Doing this exercise helps to ground you back into what's real right now and creates a calming effect on your body and mind. You just listened to the post titled Eight Tools to Get Control of Your Anxiety by Rachel Shankin of mindbodywise.com. Thank you to Rachel. This is one of those very personal things where you'll learn what works for you with a lot of experimentation and learning. I'm sure we've heard a version of this article before with tips, tricks, and tools to help reduce anxiety in the moment or in general. Some of the tips might be familiar, 
but some you may have never heard of until now. In either case, what I can guarantee is that not all of them will work for you and some will work better than others and for different people. This just gives you a place to start experimenting and a place to think about what you might wanna try. If you find one helps out even just a tiny bit, that's a great step in the right direction. And actually, if you find one that doesn't work at all, that's another step in the right direction because then you know what doesn't work, which is just as important. That can be a huge clue as to what else won't work in the future and then what might be a better choice for you. It's the same thing with foods. I don't believe in one perfect diet for everyone. Unless you have a specific diet for moral or religious reasons, I think it's best to try different ones to see what works for you and with your body the best, both in terms of how you feel, but also what you can actually stick to. Because if you told me that I had to eliminate sugar from my diet completely, yeah, that's not gonna work and I will be very, very sad. So it's all about experimentation and figuring out what works for you And that's a theme that's come up a few times recently. So with that, keep experimenting. Do let me know what does work for you because it's nice to hear. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.